Events for Breakfast, your go-to guide for advice, top tips and events industry insights. My podcast is delivered in bite-sized chunks to help you digest information and expand your events expertise. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to the Events for Breakfast podcast. I'm Kelly Frew, your podcast host. I hope you're all doing really well today. Now, I've had some superb feedback on last week's episode, which was all around hybrid events and how to make the most of them. So if you've not yet had a chance to listen to that one, then I think you should definitely listen back and have a little go at just listening to all the hints and tips because there was so much info in there. So Jack and Mike, I'm just going to say thank you again because it's been one of the most well-received episodes that we've ever had. However, coming on to today's episode... This one really got me excited. So I love an experiential event and how to do them and how to make them so engaging for your guests can be quite tricky sometimes. However, when you are working with a company like Lick Me, I'm Delicious, well, you don't need to say any more really, do you? That it says it all in the name, Lick Me, I'm Delicious. So if I'm, I'm just looking on their website right now. Their website talks about welcome to the world of delicious incredibleness, yum yum every time. And what they do, they produce or they invent actually incredible event inventions and it's experiential food installations to make your events delicious. Anyone else really hungry right now? Now, I don't know when you listen to this, but right now, as I'm recording it, we are in October and we're in October and we're starting to think about Christmas and we're starting to think about all of those really exciting touch points for our guests. And I know that Reese, who I have interviewed from Lick Me, I'm Delicious, has got lots of things to share about what they do and what makes a really good experiential food installation. So, I'm sorry if this makes you really hungry, but hopefully it will give you lots of insight and top tips as you start planning for Christmas or if you're listening at a different point, any of your experiential events. Enjoy the episode and I'll catch up with you at the end. Reese, welcome to the podcast. I'm so pleased you're here. Thanks for joining us. Hi Kelly, thanks for having me. Cheers. You are more than welcome. Um, I am so intrigued by your business and I want to find out all about it and what you guys do. But before we do, I'm, I want to know a bit more about you, actually. So tell me a bit about you, how you got into this, where you started and how you came about to be within the events industry. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I started, um, I trained as an actor uh, years and years and years ago, I tried as an actor musician. Uh, so my, my background is in theatre um which which actually correlates quite a lot with this business because it's quite theatrical yeah um i i started in events it was when i was in drama school just doing bits on the side uh in hospitality different for different catering companies event companies etc uh and obviously as a job in actor you go between jobs and in the middle you've got nothing to do so you would uh, i used to do events event works catering work uh hosting all all kind of stuff but but predominantly in the catering and hospitality industry so yeah that was that was great really loved it and then i happened to meet charlie uh who is the founder of lick me i'm delicious it was a random random um meeting we won't go into that but yeah. it was about seven or eight years ago and uh it was as if the stars aligned and he persuaded me to to come and leave the acting fraternity 
and uh, and, and work for the delicious full time and the rest is history really well like you say i'm sure the acting's not completely been put behind you because like you say the business is quite theatrical and talk to me about lick me like lick me i'm delicious tell me about the business so we are an event supplier and we uh, we build, design, um, and hire out our contraptions or our inventions to events, and it's it, it, it's as simple as that, really. The, the the slight twist for us is that all our contraptions are really uh, well, they're brand brand new inventions. They're innovative, um, and they're just fun. They're just fun, and they bring a lot of attention at events. Uh, so, you know, our, our whole ethos is really just to engage people and to, to have fun with people. Um, and I love that. And that, that runs through my, my veins, really, just having fun um, and being to interact and able to interact and chat with people. Really. Absolutely. Now, I mean, I've seen you. I've seen you guys in action, actually, at Confex over a number of years. And you were there this year as well. And um, it was really I was really pleased to see you guys back. And I think you're doing yourself a, a disservice there because you talk about these contraptions. But actually, they're amazing. They're so creative. Some of them. I've got a couple of them that I've wrote it, written down here. So you have an edible bubble volcano. You have the yep. nitro ice cream buggy and the instant logo pop logo pop maker i mean where do where do these creations come from who who where does it start how do you think of these things well Char charlie the founder of the company is um he's got ideas running through his five ten fifteen ideas running through his head every day yes yeah. it, you know if you want pipeline of uh, inventions we've got the man basically yeah it, it's charlie is the, the driving force behind all the inventions um and so it just starts with an idea i mean it's so easy to be creative when you go to events yeah i think that for, for me that's when i become most creative you're at events you're seeing what's going on you're seeing what ooh, what what could fit in there um and ideas can come out of anything or, or almost even when you're i don't know sitting at home in the shower i know charlie likes to do a lot of thinking in the shower um he won't like me for saying that um <laughs> but yeah yeah you can you can you just have need to have an idea and I think where we uh, really excel is being able to take that idea, apply it to a machine or a contraption, uh, and then how do you put it into an event situation yes, yeah. that's theatrical? And how can you run it for six hours? How can you make sure that it gets into the venue okay and out and into a van and all that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, so there's, there's lots of elements. But uh, obviously, the idea—the the idea that is the thing that's going to sell—and um, Charlie's got those in bucket loads. I no, no, no. I completely agree. But I, what I'm interested in is the fact that it is—you know—you you come up with, or Charlie comes up with these um, inventions, and then it's not just, for example, it's not just the edible bubble volcano, volcano that goes into that event. It's the whole theatrical immersion around it. So it is, is that experiential experience for the guests, for the delegates, whoever it might be. Um, was it all? Is that where your theatrical background comes in? Is that where you bring the? Do you bring the theatre alive around the um, the product? Good question. Um, I, yeah, yeah, possibly. I mean, obviously, the ideas come from Charlie, and then the development yeah. uh, it is more collaborative. But of course, Charlie has that um, that side to him as well. I think we we therefore complement each other quite well in terms of um, him conceptualizing and together developing, and how we make it how we make that guest experience uh, amazing. Yeah, really. exactly. Um, 
Exactly. No, I, I completely agree. And it is like for, for me, what I love when I've seen you guys in action a couple of times, it, it, it's not just the machine or whatever. It is the whole experience, the welcome, the, the interaction that you get and the guest experience. When you when you come up with a new invention or a new, or Charlie comes up with a new invention, how do you test it? Because I'm sure you don't put it straight into an event, do you? So what's the whole testing process to make sure it's what, what our delegates or uh, guests might want? Um, I think it, probably the testing is um, if it makes us laugh or if it makes us have a nice time. Yeah. Uh, and the team here, you know, is e easy testing. Does Have you had a nice time on this? Yes, great. Let's continue to build it. Uh, I think the build process, I mean, the, from conceptualizing to actually developing it, it could be 6, 12, 18 months. It depends yeah. really how, how fast we want to progress with it. But obviously you've got the idea and then how are we going to actually deliver it? And then we'll design the machine. We need to build the machine. Uh, we might need to, generally we'll build a prototype of the machine. So out of wood or cardboard or anything that we can get our hands on um, and then test it. How can we improve it? Uh, we are improvers as well here. We always want to make things better or, or, or make things the ultimate, the, the best that it can possibly be. Um, so that process is quite long. And then, yeah, just testing and going, oh, right, ooh, what can we move here? And because we've got control of everything in-house, we're building it all ourselves, we can make these tweaks um, as we go along. And then we might, uh, we've obviously got the flavor testing process, uh, which can be long. I know with our edible mist orbs, I think I take, one of my first tasks when I joined was to test about 60, 60 different edible mist flavors. and. Uh, <laughs> obviously wow. made a spreadsheet because i love spreadsheets yeah um, <laughs> made a spreadsheet of which flavors were great which flavors were not so good how we could maybe develop them um so yeah it's it's trial and error really and that that bit's super fun that's really cool i mean i was gonna say i want to come and work in your offices for a while because every day must just be just a blast it, does the whole team get involved in that sort of experiential trial testing period um probably historically yes yeah um as we as we develop and grow a bit more we're actually uh, finding a bit more structure to the business in terms yeah. of departments it it's slightly it, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody get involved but obviously if it comes to trying stuff yeah. trying the good stuff like the, the ice cream then then yeah of course everyone gets involved we, and we want the whole team to be a part of that as well for everyone to have uh their own opinions and and their input really because it it gives everybody within the company ownership and um and we're quite hot on that we want everybody here to, to to feel part of all the process as well that's brilliant now i feel like you've got like this factory going on there like this willy wonka type factory going on so <laughs> i feel before we come on to some more serious stuff is it like when you're trialing and testing things have you ever done anything that's absolutely like have you blown anything up or you know is there anything that any big mishaps ever happened that you would share with us <laughs> Yeah, that, that we wouldn't get done on public liability. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. We, we are obviously with some of the stuff that we use, we use liquid nitrogen and stuff. We, we There is obviously we have that element of fun to us, but there's an element of responsibility as yeah. well. So I don't think we've ever um, possibly Charlie would have be a better one to ask. Uh, yeah. In the early days when he was, you know, coming up with some some. Uh, weird and wonderful stuff he might have had a few mishaps but generally um no no i that's boring isn't it that's boring, i know but maybe yeah a electric you know uh shocks here and there but nothing too nothing 
serious or I think in that day in this day and age I think the electric shocks is probably as much as we're allowed isn't it we have to be very safe (laughs) and I'm sure Charlie knows what he's doing so yeah you've got that experience behind you to make sure those big mishaps don't happen and this isn't a Walt Disney film or anything is it so I'll yeah I think you've got a good reputable business going on there okay so what I'm interested in talking about now um is the fact that you are a really touchy-feely experiential theatrical type business and you know what you do you bring these products to life in person super well and I've experienced it and it's fantastic and everyone should experience it and then obviously what's happened in the last sort of 18 months we've all moved online or you know if we go back to the beginning of the pandemic you guys must have really had to take a step back and think okay how do we make this product world in the current world in the current state and current situation that we were in and um, what did you guys do? It's a really, really interesting question, that Kelly, because it's kind—it's of, exactly the process we went through. Um, we shut up shop for a couple of months and went, yeah. "Okay, this is going to blow over," uh, yeah. as I think everyone did. Um, and after a couple of months, we realised that maybe we should. It was more out of um, routine, really, and wanting to do something um, rather than thinking we had to do something. Um, I just wanted to get back to work. It, it was just very odd. So we, Charlie and I came together and we threw a lot of ideas uh, about as to how, how could we possibly make these machines happen in a virtual world? That's where, yeah. that's the route we were going down was, was virtual. Great. Um, now, what do we do? We could do, well, th- we had some ideas around how do we um, have our products here and yeah. do that over Zoom uh, and maybe send something out in the post. So one of our contraptions in the making is a, a chocolate factory and uh, we were wondering can we make can we have a chocolate factory here and people can come on zoom and they can make their own bar of chocolate then we send it to them uh, so that was one idea some maybe ice cream delivery service it, there was loads on the table um and we decided that actually nothing that we do because like you say you've got to touch them and really experience them nothing is really gonna nothing's really us yeah we could have we could have gone um off into a different kind of uh sector and done maybe cocktail um workshops in workshops and all that kind of stuff but it, it's not it, it's not that us um we wanted to make something that was really um uh connected to the company i guess yeah so we came up we we thought right we'll create something new we'll create a virtual product a virtual experience which is new uh, and we came up, Charlie's got a, a lot of background in uh, work flavor and um, how the senses combine to flavor and experience of food. So we decided to really, really stick our heads into that very deeply. So we came up with a, a product, it's called the Flavor Explorer Experience. And everyone gets sent a box in the post. Oh, uh, I'm just looking at the box, box right now. Yeah, so it is, I, I mean, this has evolved so much over the last uh, 18 months unbelievably really um, yeah. and everyone gets in the post a box uh, and therefore some some mystery packets within the box uh, taste packets smell packets uh, touch packets sound sight and then one at the end which is a magic packet uh, and in those uh, during the experience we take you through oh, it must be uh, it's over 20 different experiments which um give you an idea of how you enjoy food, how you enjoy flavor, what, how your senses connect with your enjoyment of food and flavor. So are you affected by sight? Um, does sound affect you at all? So does the, the, the sounds that you listen to when you're eating music, for example, does that change the, the taste of your food? 
We do one amazing experiment. Uh, it's called the Bittersweet Symphony, where you eat a chocolate and we play a piece of music. And the piece of music is scientifically designed to change the taste of the chocolate. Wow. So, uh, so we do that. Uh, and then we kind of, yeah, we take, we take you through a lot of stuff, really. Which yeah. is, um, and it's more us. It's more us. It's, a, it's an experience which is um, different. It's very different to our yeah. live event offering. But it's fantastic and it's really worked. Absolutely. And I like, I mean, I'm, I was fortunate enough there where you were showing me all the packaging and things and you can say, you see it's very authentic to your brand, but also that, you know, everybody can take part in this. It's all about the senses, isn't it? So no matter how, who you are, how old you are, it is there for everybody. So pretty much like your inventions, everybody can get involved in them, you know, whether it's a, in a live experience. But I like the fact that you're making people think and feel very differently through all the different senses. And I love that. And how have your how has it gone down with guests and attendees that's been on the virtual events? Uh, it's been it's been amazing. And I think you, you've you've hit the nail on the head. It is accessible to everybody. Yeah. Um, like our, uh, some people might perceive that our contraptions are um, kids, uh, yeah. kids contraptions. They're really not. They're really uh, adult contraptions which work for kids as well. And the same with the Flavor Explorer. I mean, generally, we've we've um, we've done it mainly to the corporate audiences or business, you know, yeah. business audiences. But we have had, uh, obviously, kids have come on calls because people are working from home. And it's really cool to see them experience it as well. We do an amazing um, experiment called the Super Taster Test. So we right. test you to see if you're a super taster. And you have to uh, put a piece of paper in your mouth. Yeah. And if it tastes disgusting, then you're a super taster. But when you've got two people, like maybe a parent and a child, you can rip, rip the piece of paper in half. And we did a virtual last week where the adult had a piece and the child had a piece and the child it tasted disgusting for he had to run away it was so disgusting and the adult didn't so you can st i mean everybody's like you say everyone's got different taste palettes and yeah. uh, your senses work differently so it is i mean everybody's experience is completely different and we build up um inside it we build up a flavor profile so you write on here um what whether you like or dislike all the uh, tastes so sweet sour bitter salty and umami uh, and then we go through whether you're more taste sensitive to smell sensitive, uh, whether you're a texture lover or a tex texture hater, uh, whether you're sensitive to sound or not, whether you're sensitive to appearance or not. So uh, you, you build up your profile and that will be unique to everybody because it's, it's a different uh, experience, really. Brilliant. And I'm sure the theatrical side comes in from the person that's hosting it on your end of, of the Zoom and, and really bringing it to life in an authentic way, as you would do within your business. Yeah, as, yeah, yeah, sort of. It's mainly about engagement. It's how yeah. does the how does the presenter engage? Yeah, um, and get 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 the audience talking. That's what we want to achieve. We've done yes. a lot of. Obviously, the teams are working remotely, and it's it, it's a bit of team building as well. So, how do you get them talking? Uh, what 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 techniques do we use? We've got some. Um, we, we use some different techniques in order to get people talking, and and actually, there's some really cool stuff that come out of it. Even what foods do you hate because of the texture uh, and usually get mushrooms and okra and um, slimy stuff yeah and then someone might say something random like cottage cheese and then that just gets everybody talking so you know what you hate cottage cheese uh, 
So, yeah, you learn stuff about each other as well. And that's what's really cool about it. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone can resonate, resonate with food, can't they? Everyone, you know, we all eat it. So, yeah, I love yeah. it. I absolutely love it. And I love the fact that you were able to, um, I'll use that word, pivot and, and, and find new ways of working through the pandemic. So let's come to now. So we, you know, within the UK and our audiences are wider than the UK, but in the UK, we're sort of opening up a little bit. We are coming back into in person. You know, where, where do you see your business going now in terms of between the virtual and the and the live? How are you finding audiences wanting to interact right now? It's a great question. And it's a very for us, it's quite a difficult uh, transition. It's been quite a difficult transition. Um, it's almost as if virtual become became a different business, really. A different, yeah. It's a different business model. Um, and the difficulty was trying to have both feet in both uh, ponds. Yeah. Weird analogy. Uh, but yeah, uh, puddles, maybe. Both feet in both puddles. <laughs> um, and it was very, it's been very hard. I'd say we are now over the peak of virtual versus live and yeah. um we're finding ourselves doing uh more in-person events than virtual we're still seeing a demand for virtual i think it's definitely there and it certainly will be up to christmas yeah it's how we manage that demand and make sure that we continue offering the same service and the same experience to everybody uh, so it's going to continue to be a bit tricky i think um, but but certainly th that uh, seesaw has flipped back into in-person events and with in person, are you finding that people are wanting to interact and come and 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 you um, and use your you keep calling them contraptions, your inventions, your contraptions, and mm. um, you know because we we've all had this social distance model in our heads for so long. We're all not you know we even in my work at the moment we we go into the office but we're still socially distanced. And if we get too close, we're all a bit like oh should we be that close? If I'm on a tube, I'm a bit like oh get away from me, you know. So from your from those contraptions being utilised and used and people engaging with it, is that working for you? It is, yeah. Good. Uh, it is. I think. Well, it's personal opinion, but people are obviously seeing the um, we've got to live with it now kind yeah. of vibe is it is what we're getting. We're obviously doing everything we can to um, keep, you know, keep keep everybody as safe as possible. But but I think generally there's that there's that feeling that we want to get out there and um, start experiencing life again. It's, I know. It's so weird. But, <laughs> but it, it's true that we all just want to get out there and, and, and we're the same as you. As soon as we're in the office, we're distancing, we're wearing masks yeah. um, to be as safe as possible. Um, but uh, the, the vibe is maybe a little different at events because I think they're putting up, um, putting things in place like having to test yes. before you go to the event. So that makes everybody a bit more comfortable. I think as long as everybody keeps um, putting measures in place and confidence will only grow, I think. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I think you're right. You've, you touched on the fact that we want to experience real life again. We want that human live interaction. We want to have fun together, live, not on a Zoom. You know, we want to have that interaction. So when we feel safe because it's been the testing's been done or whatever, we will do that and we will go forward with that. Where do you see... It's not, it's uh, not to cool. say, sorry to interrupt, Kelly, it's not to say that some people aren't uh, being more cautious. We, yeah. we have seen a number of people say, actually, we've decided against it because uh, we think it's too soon. Yeah, uh, and exactly. that's completely fair enough, and um, and I, I actually love the balance that that, yeah. that people are finding. 
Agree, agree. And it is a personal choice right now for everybody, isn't it? And in terms of how they mm. want to interact and, and, and utilize the sort of COVID protocols around us. Um, where do you see you guys going in the future? Um, are we, you know, you've got this great idea virtually that you talked about is a very different business model. And then you've got your live experience. Do you see there being a bit of both? So potentially having people at home joining something that's quite live. So we'll call it hybrid, I suppose. Or what, where's your future? Where are you heading? Where are we heading? I think we are, it's been very difficult not to get sidetracked and uh, and um, be dictated by the market. I think yeah. a lot of people in the events industry have had to, as you say, pivot and sort of take another uh, path. For us, it's about trying to get back on the path we were on because yeah. that's, that, you know, that, that was our business model. We do in-person events um, and we build machines and we take them out and, that, and that's what we do and we do it over and over and over again and that's where our strengths are as soon as you start doing something else uh, which has been invaluable to us and has been fantastic it, it, it's a different business business model and you can get distracted by it um and you start to want obviously we want everything we want to do everything the truth is i don't know <laughs> i don't yeah. know we, we are still led by the market in part um it, we we really would like to kind of take back that control and be able to um say where we want to be and we want to be in the live events market that's where we that's where we are best that's where we have been and that, that's where we thrive really but if virtual is still there and we're still able to um uh keep up with demand or or, or give a fantastic product and it doesn't affect our in-person offering then, then we'll continue to do so. W one of our goals for the last six months was really to establish what where virtual sat in our business yeah. going forward. Where does it where does it sit? Um, and we still don't know. We still don't know. Oh, and, and I think you know you you know what you're you know what you do well, and you know what you excel in, and that is that live, and it is being bold, isn't it? It's being bold and, and and going out there and saying, look, we're back. This is what we do, and this is what we do best. And I want to come back to that, and I want you to tell me what is your favourite contraption that um you've seen people engage with, and and why. For me, oh, I, I, that's a really can't <laughs> ask me that question. <laughs> um. Well, our latest machine is the Edible Balloon Factory. I've yeah. got to say, in terms of reaction, it's amazing. It's br it's so funny watching people um, go, oh, what? That's edible. Yes, that balloon is edible. You can eat it. What? Okay, what? what's inside it? What? Helium. All oh, right. So what do I do? Suck in the, the, the helium for a couple of seconds, and then you get a squeaky voice. And then you can <laughs> eat the rest of the balloon, and you can eat the list. It's fantastic. Um, so do they blow the balloon the up as well? Yeah, uh, we blow the balloon up with helium. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, so uh, it, it's an edible helium balloon on uh, on a strawberry lace. It's delicious. Um, but my favourite machine, I don't know why this is, I just love it. It is the Logo Pop machine. Okay, so yeah. Chocolates, fresh chocolates on the spot, so you can watch us making them. And then on the back, we print, um, well, whatever you like, really. It tends to be brand logos. Yeah. Um, but if you wanted to print your face, you could print your face, sort of. Uh, any kind of messaging and I just love it I think the the, the chocolate tastes amazing um, and it's just it's just cool I think it, it's very innovative and it's very different um, and it's everybody loves branding 
everybody wants yes. you know, they want to immerse themselves in branding and this is eating your brand it's sort of oh wow i had this cool experience with whoever um at the exhibition or or, or in a shopping center and i ate i had a chocolate with their brand on that they made in front of my face you know i i love that because it, it has an element of theater as well yeah and all of the all of your inventions are things that people remember isn't it so they'll come along they will experience it they will go home and they will tell their other half or their children about it or or whatever and it is just that it's it's more than just that moment isn't it it's a memory that they take away and they probably pass it on to other people so yeah i really i really like that whole concept um have you got any um exclusives around what you might be working on for the future um yeah i guess so we um oh, this has been in the pipeline for this is one of the ones that's been in the pipeline for a long time probably six years okay and it's a jelly bean waterfall wow okay uh, uh here's a question what comes to your mind when i say jelly bean waterfall what do you imagine? Well, I, I thought of the um, Niagara Falls. That's what came into my mind, first of all. And I just saw all these jelly beans like coming down over the, the Niagara Falls, basically. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> think we'll have that many jelly beans in our waterfall, <laughs> but there will be a lot. Yeah. yeah. So the concept is that it, it, it's just a, a cascading waterfall of jelly beans. And then you could just collect uh, a bucket load for yourself and uh, off you pop. But again, just about the visuals. How does it look? That the all those colored jelly beans just yeah into the ground and then however they get back to the top um oh yeah never thought about that that's gonna be interesting yeah, isn't that's it? Getting been our issue. Yeah. yeah that's been our issue otherwise you'll have um one of willy wonka's helpers standing there at the back just shoveling them all back to the top all night willy wonka came into my mind then i feel like you need some sort of contraption that catches them and then takes them back up to the top somehow um i don't know what that looks like but yeah perhaps if we watch the willy wonka films again it will give us some ideas yeah <laughs> Yeah, so so the Jeremy Waterfall uh, is possibly next, hopefully next. Yeah, I think. Um, and beyond that, I mean, yeah, it's kind of whatever we want. Whatever, exactly. Whatever idea comes to the fore, that that's not true. There's definitely a strategy behind it. We've got we've so there's a list of around twenty um, twenty five ish things that we want to do, and then we'll put them all in a. Uh, in a line and try and line them up to see which one comes next. Exactly. And do you work internationally as well? Uh, yeah, we did. We have done. We've worked uh, mainly in Europe. So if yeah. we can drive our van to get there, then yeah. we will do. So France, Germany, Poland, Switzerland, uh, Spain, eh, eh, those kind of countries. Um, I'd love to see your lorries getting stopped on the borders and checking what's in there. That must be <laughs> well, such an experience. <laughs> it's actually very boring because we obviously build... Um, lovely machines and then cover them up nicely so they can be transported so our vans are very dull just yeah um, flight cases and a, a covered machine um you're crushing my my um my yeah, dreams I now look aren't I'm you sorry. you really are but yeah it's I a get bit it. like our office it's a bit like the office where they all just get stored in a sad little corner oh uh, unused machinery <laughs> well they'll all be coming until back. you turn them on exactly like, that's uh, it <laughs> great this has been an amazing chat now i know that people you know i i can recommend you guys i can't recommend you guys highly enough i've seen you in action a, a number of times and you know if you've got an event going on you want it to be a little bit more fun and something to take away i definitely recommend you guys if people want to find out more where do we drive them to um have a look at our website first it's www.lickmeimdelicious.com i promise you'll get to our website if you follow that guidance <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> there's a list of all our contraptions there. You can have a look. They're very visual, so that's probably a great place to start. Uh, and then we've got some good content on our Instagram, which is at LickDelicious. Um, and that kind of gives you some more insight into the types of events that we do. Um, uh, brand activations, corporate events, parties, bar mitzvahs, uh, weddings, networking events, any event really. Um, but yeah, there's some event pictures on our Instagram, which is um, which is a bit more current. Yeah, great stuff. Well, Reese, this has been fantastic. Thank you very much for joining me today. And I'm sure I'll see you again very soon. Been awesome. Thanks a lot, Kelly. Oh, Reese, now that was an absolute complete joy. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your time with us today. We all absolutely enjoyed that. And I don't know about you, dear listeners, but I've got a huge smile on my face right now. Does anybody else really want to try the edible bubble volcano right now? Yep, definitely. That's me. So if anyone's got any questions for Reese, then please do reach out to him. And also for me, if you want to just get in touch, I loved hearing from you all last week. So please do get in touch. I'm Kelly Frew on all the socials and you will find me on my website, Storymaker Events. And don't forget, join the community. The Events of Breakfast podcast community is growing. You will find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. And if you really are enjoying this podcast, then don't forget to follow us. And then that means lots of other people will find us too. And we can share our podcast community even further. So that's it for today. Again, as usual, I've got another fantastic guest coming your way this next week. And you are going to love it. We've got the best guests, haven't we? Take care of yourselves and I will speak to you very soon. Bye for now.